Hey guys, it's Monday morning and I'm so excited that I get to share with you. My name is Marcella Barcelona and you know, it's nice uh, to be able to interact with people in the room and not just a camera. Um, but I'm so excited to be here uh, just sharing what God has really been saying to us right now in this time. Um, and I just like to pray. Can we just bow our heads? We're just going to pray and invite Holy Spirit to really guide us and lead us in the conversation we're about to have. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for Holy Spirit. God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give us access to the Father's heart and to the image of who he is through Christ. And so we ask for the testimony of Jesus to be revealed this morning, that you'd open up our eyes, that we would see, God, that you would tenderize our hearts, that we may feel the tenderness of the Father's heart. Would you cover us in mercy, God? Would we know mercy? Would we see it in the face of the Father and in the heart of the Father? Would we come to know what the Father really loves? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk about something that I really believe that um, I'm just really beginning <laughs> to learn more about, which is mercy. Um, mercy, that, that word mercy. You know, I, I'm a big justice person, um, and I think that when you say justice, it's easier for me to be able to just reflect on it or you know, sit on it or try to know more about it. But when I hear mercy um, in moments, I think about, oh God, like that's gonna look probably really weak and it's probably gonna cost and it's probably gonna be a place of suffering. I don't know if I wanna talk about mercy. Um, but just being with the Lord and sitting in the place of prayer, I really have felt the Father really speak about mercy. And I so want to know more about mercy and be able to walk in mercy. And so when we look at mercy, we see a picture of Jesus. Jesus is mercy. And we see it because in John 3.16, it says that the Father gave his one and only Son so that we wouldn't perish and have eternal life. And so when we think of Jesus, we think of the answer. He gave us access to something we didn't deserve, which is the Father and his love. So with Jesus, we see mercy and we see the restoration of the covenant between us and the Father. And it happened because of mercy. Why is mercy so important to talk about now? You know, looking at the world right now, looking at America right now, in the hour that we're living in, you know, we see so much division um, that's taken place, so many different opinions. Um, there's true suffering. There's true injustice that's happening. There's so much pain um, that is being exposed right now um, and that we're looking at and we're choosing to respond. And how do we respond in this hour is is the question that I think as a church we've really been asking ourselves. How do we respond? And I really believe that as we look at Jesus, we see a picture of the way he responded. The Father responded by giving us Jesus. The Father responds by giving us mercy. And so in this hour, I, you know, I've been really bowing my knee and asking the Lord, like, would, would I really come to know what mercy really looks like? Would I really come to know and walk in mercy? And so I just 
want to read a couple of scriptures of mercy. Luke 6.36 says, Therefore, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So when we look at the Father, you know, we, we serve a Trinitarian God. Holy Spirit is a personhood, Jesus is a personhood, and the Father is a personhood. And here we see the Father is merciful. Therefore, if we are made in the image and the likeness of the Father who created us, we are called to be merciful, like he's merciful. Then we look at 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in, in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So here we see we have a Father of mercy and a God of all comfort who comforts us in our times of tribulation and trials. But in order for us to have tribulations and trials and to receive the comfort of our Father, we have to be able to come out of our comfort. And what that means is for us to get uncomfortable with the reality that we're facing. We can't sit in a place not wanting to look at the reality that's happening before our eyes. And if you haven't seen it, you know, I've kind of kept myself away from the media right now and all that's going on in the news. But I just really have to look around and look at my neighbor. I just really have to look around and, and look at our community and look at the things that I'm seeing in the street. People are wearing masks now. That's our normal. Um, people are, are, are a bit afraid. Social distancing, you know, it's like six feet apart. Like we can't have the same uh, interaction and love that we used to. Um, we just came out of a time of so many riots that were happening. People are coming out and speaking about their pain. We're making an open space for people to, to speak, to, to have a voice. And how are we going to respond? And it's not by just not looking at it and acting like it's not happening, but it's really beginning to look at it and come out of our comfort and be in a place that is uncomfortable, be in a place where we have to look at the pain, be in a place where we have to look at the groanings that are happening on the earth, be in a place where we're not running away from our reality, but we're really standing and we're choosing. My gosh, if I, if I was saved by mercy and I have a father who's all merciful and he wants to comfort me with all comfort, then I have to get uncomfortable so that I can receive that and I can give that. And we keep, we keep seeing this. You know, Job 6.14 says this, and this really got to me. It says, to him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend, even though he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. I'm going to say this again. To him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend, even though he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. I don't know if you've looked around, but a lot of people are in a lot of pain. And we just have to scroll even on social media and we're seeing the pain. And we're seeing in moments the slander. And we're seeing in moments so many things that we may feel and, and think, ah, oh, this just doesn't sit right with me. This is, this is not what I see in the Father's heart. This is not someone that I feel is fearing the Lord with his words or her words. And, it's, it, and, and if, if I look at the scripture, it says, to him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend. It's not a moment for us to come and judge and say, well, this is wrong. And I feel like 
this is wrong. And, and I feel it's not a moment to discuss our rights and our wrongs. It's a moment for us to show kindness to those who are afflicted, even though they forsake the fear of God. That is so big. I don't know about you, but this challenges me a lot. I'm a justice person. I'm a challenging person. And so when I see this, I want to make it right. I want to fix it. But God in this hour isn't telling me fix it. God in this hour isn't saying make it right. He's saying show mercy. He's saying be kind. Even though they're not abiding by the fear of the Lord. And then I look at Proverbs. You know, I know some of us really love Proverbs in the room. Proverbs 3, 3 to 4 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. In this hour, we must wear truth and mercy around our neck. We have to write it on the tablets of our hearts so that we could find favor in the sight of God. That means that when you're wearing it over your neck, People are able to see it. People are able to recognize it. People are able to say, what is it? That's a beautiful necklace that you're wearing. Why is it that you are so beautiful? Why is it that you're so attractive? I don't know about you, but the Jesus that I'm attracted to and the Jesus that I serve is beautiful. He's attractive. I want to follow him because he's truth. He's mercy. He's forgiving. And so I want to look like him. And this is what Proverbs is saying. As we wear it, people will come, become attracted to what we have, and it's Jesus. And then Jesus, okay, speaks in the Sermon on the Mount to his disciples. Matthew 5, the great Beatitudes. He says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And I feel like he does it in this, like he, he does it in order, so we have to be poor in spirit because we have to come out of our independence and we really have to depend on the Father of mercies in order to be merciful, right? And then we have to be able to mourn. We have to be able to mourn with those who mourn. We have to be able to mourn with our lack. We have to be able to mourn so that we could be comforted. And we have to be able to hunger and thirst because when we're not hungry and we're not thirsty, we're starving, we're sick, so we have to be able to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And only then are we able to obtain mercy. Are we able to really walk in mercy? Because if we look at the Bible, he's saying, I will forgive you as you forgive others. And we really have to start examining our hearts. Are we really forgiving? Or are we just holding things in our hearts and thinking that we're forgiving, but we're not actually having actions of mercy and compassion? Because our actions speak a lot more than words. And to be honest, even the supernatural feeling of you knowing that you've forgiven and seeing that love keeps no record of wrong. Seeing that when you look at that person, you don't even see a wrong in them. You see love. Okay? Matthew 7, 1 to 2 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Then he goes into looking at the log in your own eye before looking at the sty that's in your brother's eye. Look at what this is saying. Judge not that you be not judged. Because the measure that you use to judge others, that's the same measure you're being, it's be, that's being used in the kingdom of God to judge what you're doing. 
How about you? But that gives me the fear of the Lord. Like I'm going to step away from slander. I'm going to step away from speaking because if I'm going to say something that I'm going to judge into and then the Father of mercies is going to judge me, then I need to understand that I need reverence. That I need to be gripped by the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In order for you to speak in this hour, I pray that you would be activated and that you would ask the Lord for wisdom. That you wouldn't just speak. I, I used to love this. My mom used to say this all the time. You speak because you have a mouth. Don't speak because you have a mouth. Know that you've been given a mouth because there's power in your mouth. Because as you tame the tongue, like in James, as you tame the tongue and you learn how to abide in the spirit, there is great mercy and kindness that can come out of your mouth. And so I see this and then I look at Matthew 7, 12. It says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law of the prophets. I'm speaking to you who you think you're prophetic out there and you have a gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy does not begin unless you have love in your heart. You cannot prophesy outside of a place of love. You cannot prophesy outside of a place of mercy. Because whatever you want to be done to you, that's how you need to act onto others. I see this to my girls all the time. You know, I have two little girls, Zoe and Everlise. And sometimes, you know, Zoe's the oldest. She's four. And Everlise is so, like, just infatuated with Zoe. And she, like, wants to be like Zoe. And sometimes I see Zoe who can do things that are a bit mean to her sister. And, and instantly she'll come to me and she does so well about telling me the truth. Like the girl is convicted. Like she can't hold anything to herself. So she'll tell me, I was really mean to Everlise or I was really mean to Lala. Or, and, and I'll tell her, hey, you know, there's a principle in the Bible that says that as you do unto others, it will be done unto you. So do you want people to be mean to you? And she says, no. I said, so then you gotta continue to sow what's good because as you sow good others will do good unto you so I just even want to say that to you like I think it's so important that we begin to do unto others as we want it to be done unto ourselves and not just claim a right for ourselves like well I want to be treated this way and I want to be treated justly and I want I want to be forgiven and I are you forgiving are you having mercy on others is this something that you're walking in because as you walk in it, you'll be able to receive it. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We are to bear each other's burdens in this hour. It's not a moment right now to be all about yourself. I know this is America. In American, Americans, we have something where we, it's true, you know, we think a lot of me and a lot of self. I mean, we have iPhones, you know, we have things that are just, you know, my iPad. It's about me. It's about, you know, what I need. And that's not what I see in the gospel. We are to bear each other's burdens. That means we're supposed to lose sight of ourselves and bear another's burdens. And right now there is so many people that are burdened. There are so many people that are hurting. There is so many people that you just walk outside, take a walk around your neighborhood and you'll see the need. Are we willing to bear each other's burdens? Look around your family. Look at your husband. Look at your children. Look at your family members. Are we willing to bear each other's burdens? Because that's what he's saying. And Ephesians 4, 31 to 32 says, let all bitterness, wrath, 
anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Wow. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, evil speaking be put away from you. Guys, there is a kingdom of darkness as there is a kingdom of light. And Ephesians 6 speaks of it. We are not, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities of darkness and evil. And in order for you to step away from this kingdom of darkness, you must become like the kingdom of light. And in this hour, I just want us to be watchful with the things that we're saying. Like there is so much slander going on right now where I really believe that the kingdom of darkness is just lifting up as we speak about each other, as we speak against our neighbor, as we speak against the, the church, as we speak against, there's so much that is happening right now. And I just want to challenge you, would we do what Ephesians is saying? Would we forgive? Would we not anger? Would we keep our speaking from evil? Would it be put away from us? Would we be kind to one another? Would we be tenderhearted? Would, be, would we be forgiving? You know, I, I'm, I'm married. And in marriage, you're able to really walk this out. Like you're really able to say, do I want to hold on to this or do I really want to forgive? I want to forgive because that's what God calls me to. I'm a daughter and this father of great mercies has been so abounding in love and slow to anger with me. So I need to forgive and I need to do it quicker. I can't just hold on to it and think I have tomorrow. What if I don't have tomorrow? I need to do it now. And so I just even want to say this. If you're watching this and you're getting gripped, man, I haven't forgiven this person. I've kept this. Would you go and forgive? Would you go and let go? Would you step out in kindness? Colossians 3, 12, 14 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint, a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But of all, above all these things, put on love, which is the, the bond of perfection. Listen to this, okay? Are you in, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you an elect of God? People in the room, are you an elect of God? Are you saying, I'm an elect? Like, I've been chosen. I've been redeemed by the blood. I am an elect of God. Come on, guys, you can say this. I am an elect of God. Okay? And as an elect of God, we are holy and beloved. And it's not because of what you do. It's not about the great things you do or the wrong things you do. It's because the blood of Jesus redeems you before the Father's eyes. So you're holy and beloved. And this is what the Father is saying now. Okay, you are an elect. This is what you got to do. Put on tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Embrace meekness. Embrace long suffering. He's not saying you're going to suffer for a minute. You're going to suffer for a day. You're going to suffer for a couple years. He's saying long suffering. What does that mean? It means you're going in for it for a long way. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're talking about decades and decades of choosing to suffer with Christ. Of choosing, I'm going to suffer with you because it's a joy to suffer with you. 
I'm going to choose from your sufferings, but I'm going to choose that it's going to be a place of joy, not a place of complaint, not a place of, oh, brother, you know, here I am following Jesus, suffering. Like, you want to be a person that's like, man, it's a joy to follow Jesus. He's redeemed me. How could you say that? Look at what's happened to you. He's redeemed me. Look at the persecuted church in China. Look at these persecuted places that are experiencing the glory of God through persecution. You know, I heard this story. We were just sitting with, with Christine Kane. It was amazing. Um, but she told us about a story about these leaders in China. And, and they're like saying, you know, what we know is that we're, we're, we're going to be captured. It's not we think we're going to be captured. We're going to be captured. And we just want to make sure that as we're being captured, we're spreading the gospel to the people that are capturing us. And I thought, whoa, that is long suffering. That is like, I need that in America. America needs to see the revival that, are, that is taking place in the persecuted churches on the nations. And so I look at this and I'm like, he's not talking about two years of suffering. He's talking about until I return, will you suffer with me? Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Let's stop our complaints against each other. We got to receive. Christ has forgiven us. And because he has, we have to forgive. It's not it, it's, it's not a hobby. It's not something that you profess one day and you don't do the other. It's, this is your lifestyle. You're a Christian. It says, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You know, it says, be perfect as I am perfect. The Sermon on the Mount says it. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What is perfection? The bond of love. We must love. And we, we have to see this. If you are hating your enemy right now, you're walking in deception. If you are not loving your enemy, you're walking in deception. Like you, you got you to gotta realize this. If you're hating your enemy, you're not walking in the gospel. The gospel says love your enemy. The, the gospel says there's nothing that's, unforgivable. We must forgive. And I know, I know, I know this is, <laughs> we're living in a moment where so much is coming out and there's so much pain and there's so much that, you know, that we're looking at. But it's the perfect time to embrace Jesus. It's the perfect time to embrace this Father, full of mercy, full of comfort, full of love. He's the only answer. So I just want to invite the worship team. Would you come up? And I, and I, just, I just feel this so strongly. Like, I don't know about you, but I've been seeing like, man, I, I lack to walk in mercy. I lack to walk in, in forgiveness. Like, you know, I, there's moments where because I'm filled with justice, I'm like, but it's wrong. And I, I just want to keep my rights. And, I, and every time I look at this man named Jesus, in these moments where, 
You close your door and you bow your knees and you look and behold this man who is unmovable, unshakable, seated at the right-hand side of the Father. And he looks at me and with one look of his eye, I'm able to see the Father's heart that is full of mercy, that is full of love. And he's not demanding his rights. He's forgiving me. He's loving me. He's comforting me. And I, I, I just look at the standard and I'm like, Jesus, the standard is so high. The standard is so high. But I feel like he says, don't look at the standard. Just look at me. Behold me. Let me wash you in truth. Let me activate you in mercy. Let me activate you in love. And I, I just want to challenge you. Would you go into the place of prayer? Would you bow your knee? And would you get the heart of the Father? Would we do that? Would we encounter this great Father of mercy? And so I, I just, I just want to say, would you lift your hands where you are and if you're saying, man, I, I want to repent. I've not been walking in this. I've actually been walking in the complete opposite. I've been walking in bitterness. I've been walking in anger. I've been walking in complaint. I've been walking in slander. There's mercy that's available to you right now. And so I just want to pray for you. And so, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you that you are abounding in love. You're slow to anger. You're the father of mercies. You're all comfort and all love. And as we look at Jesus, we see a picture of who you are. And Jesus, you knew affliction. You lived it. You have scars in your hands. You have scars on your feet. God, you are the lamb that was slain. And even as you are right now, seated at the right-hand side of the Father, there are scars. And so, Jesus, we just activate right now mercy. We activate mercy, God. Would we have mercy on ourselves even? Would we receive your mercy? And would we come to know your mercy? And so right now, I just speak to you. If you've been dealing with condemnation, if, you're, if you've been dealing with guilt and shame, right now I see it being removed. It's just being removed, and it's being removed from you. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to his sons and his daughters. And I see just sons and daughters arising right now. As the earth groans, his sons and daughters arise. So I just pray right now, awaken, awaken in mercy, awaken in love, awaken in the perfection of our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. There where you are, would you just begin to thank him? Begin to remember the places he's brought you from, the altars of remembrances with God. And would you become grateful again? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.